0: Welcome to RunFit365.com podcast, episode 22. Booyah. Welcome back to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm your host, Travis, and Coach Dan Cuson joins us. Dan, how's it going? Hey, great. Good stuff. Um, well, we've got a jam-packed episode 22 here. We've got, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the long run. What, yeah. do you ha- what do you have lined up over there?
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about the long run, what it is. I think most people know what it is. Um, you know, kind of physiological pieces of it, benefits, tips on doing it, that kind of thing. All kinds of
0: things, long run. Awesome. Um, we got some feedback from a RunFit365 athlete this week um, that I thought we would just give a quick shout-out to um, Nick, who's a fan of the show and um, uses one of our plans. I think it's the 16-week what, what is it? 16 week intermediate marathon yep. plan. Yep, um, he uses
1: that to a degree.
0: Yeah, so um, when you think of PRs and setting personal records, you know, most—at least most of my friends talk about. You know, we shave thirty seconds off, or you know, on a good day you may shave like two or three minutes off. Uh, but Nick, Nick wrote Dan and said he shaved off how much time? I'm Twenty-one left. minutes. Isn't that
1: crazy? That's that's cra- That's just amazing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's and he's great.
1: got a good question for us that we'll kind of. At uh, the tail end of the long run discussion, we'll bring up his question and talk through it from my perspective, and you can ring in too. But yeah, he's got a good question for us.
0: Okay, cool. Well, we'll save that for after the uh, discussion on the long run, so stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll get to your question there, Nick. Um, so, Dan, you know, for, for most runners, they know um, every training plan is essentially for the marathon and the half marathon. One of the staple training runs is the long run. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share a little bit about your philosophy and thoughts on the long run? Okay, so
1: what is it, long run? I think pretty much anybody who's ever considered uh, running any amount of distance knows or has heard the term long run. And like you say, it is a staple especially of anything, well, actually most... Most plans for most races will give some sort of long run, uh, but when we're talking about it in this aspect, we're really talking about um, things you're training for for half marathon, marathon, ultra running. Uh, I'm sorry, ultra running. Um, and so it's, it's pretty simple. It's an easy effort run that's a long distance, and we'll talk a little bit about you know why we do it, but um, kind of think about where it is in our zones. So. It's typically primarily in zone two. Um, it can eke into zone three a little bit. Um, and really what that means in terms of your max heart rate is about 65 to 75% if you're using a heart rate monitor. Um, and this is your aerobic endurance zone. Uh, in other words, this is where your body utilizes uh, energy or creates energy in the presence of oxygen. It's uh, If you think of... Uh, a rate of perceived exertion on a scale of zero to ten. It's probably this is subjective, but it's about a three to four. You might consider it easy if you bring out that chart that uh, we created and have on the site as well. Um, it's it's an easy run and it's a pretty um, easy to breathe. We call it kind of conversational pace. So that's kind of where it lives in the the scheme of you know. Uh, intensity and how you feel when you run. But there's all kinds of things that are beneficial to um, doing this kind of run, and specifically uh, endurance, aerobic endurance training. So think about physiological changes with, with your training. And each, each type of workout hits a certain physiological uh, aspect. With long runs and easy runs, we're talking about aerobic endurance, and when you do, um, when you exercise in your endurance zones, uh, basically you're, you're working, I, there's probably more than this, but the four primary ones I can think of are your heart. So your heart is your pump. It, it basically supplies your entire body with blood. Uh, and as you exercise, and you might notice um, when, you, when you're out of shape, beginning of the season, if you take your resting heart rate, it's probably higher then after you've been exercising for several weeks and the reason is basically you're working that pump you're making that pump it, it, your, your heart is a muscle and so you're working out that muscle and once it gains its uh, once it exercises enough it becomes more efficient so your stroke volume is higher and basically what that means is it can supply more blood every time it pumps um than it could before so you you might see your resting heart rate go down because it's more efficient it's really important that we do that um, especially in the early phases of training so that you can basically build on that later Uh, so that's the heart and then there's things that happen at the cell level so we've talked about this in the past as well Um, mitochondria inside your cell are the powerhouse that basically creates the energy and as you um, as you exercise the demands go up and so it can actually create higher density and, and more mitochondria so therefore producing the, the availability to, to produce more um, energy when whenever there's oxygen present so in the lower zones the more mitochondria you have the more energy you can produce so that's that's really important and it, it you know, it's little bits of things that help you more become more efficient, and then also sort of at the cellular level, we have capillaries, and capillaries are pretty much the smallest um, part of your plumbing. It it essentially delivers the oxygen and nutrients that your heart is pumping right there to your cell. And so, what we know is, <clears throat> as you exercise over and over and over, um, your body adapts. And because there's an increased need to to deliver those oxygen and nutrients, your body can actually create additional capillaries um, to those cells. And so as you exercise in this zone, those capillaries are are built and increases the amount of oxygen and nutrients you can deliver to your cells. And then finally, things that... um, are really important, especially in the early training, and, and why it's important to do little bits at a time. Your musculoskeletal system is worked out in, in many aspects. So you increase the strength of your joints, your ligaments, your tendons, your muscles. Increase your flexibility. So you know if if you went out and hadn't been running for six months, let's say, and you go out and run a ten mile run without building up to that there's a very good chance you're going to injure yourself. You're going to cause a tear. You're going to cause inflammation and all those various things. And so as you, um, train in the aerobic endurance zone, uh, you're putting the least amount of stress in terms of running on your body because it's easy running and it helps to build up the, the strength of those things so that you don't get injured later. It's important for all four of these aspects that, um, your body adapts to things. So your heart, your cells, with the mitochondria, your capillaries, your musculoskeletal system, everything adapts. But if you stop using it, you actually do lose it. So, over time, um, you know, if you take an off season and that becomes an extended off season, you will have to start from scratch in a sense because um, those things will reverse. And it's called reversibility. It's one of the aspects of training. And so you have to to make sure you build it in and not just think you're He Man and um, you know, go right back out there and do it. So those are some of the physiological changes that you can see with this zone, really important stuff.
0: Any questions, Trav? No, I was just Googling mitochondria. Um, (laughs) I just love that word. Um, I'm going to have to make sure that I put those, um, some of these notes in the blog. Um, at least the, um, you know, the podcast notes, but no, that, all that stuff makes perfect sense because, um, you, you know, the long run, you can go too fast in your long runs. You know, part of that is staying steady, staying in the zone, um, being smart about your long run as far as not, um, you know, pushing yourself too hard and all those four systems, um, uh, make perfect sense the way you describe that. So no, that, that was brilliant, Dan. Awesome. So,
1: Let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits of the long run specifically. So we've just talked about developing your aerobic endurance. So the system that, all those things we just talked about, that's that's one main benefit. But maybe one of the, uh, maybe second benefit in the, and something more applicable to race day is the mental aspect of training. We have talked about this before a little bit, but essentially, um, one, the, the long run is, during your training, probably one of the closer things to race day that you'll do just because you're putting in the most time. And so it gives you the opportunity to practice those race conditions, race day conditions. Um, so it's why it's important that if you do a long run and it's raining outside, you know, always stay safe, but don't just don't go running because what if it's raining on race day? So, you know, it's, it's a good time to practice those race conditions um, it's a, it's a good time to practice nutrition, hydration, things like that. So use it for, use it for those values, but also the, the mental aspect that if you can run for two or three hours, um, even if it's slower than you're going to run on race day, or, or if you run by mileage and, and that's fine too, and you need a 20 mile or a 22 miler, you know, for sure, you're going to be able to get through that race. So there's that mental edge that says, you know, if I can do this on a, on a training day and then harness the, um, you know, excitement on race day, I can definitely get through this um, and, you know, use that towards getting, it, getting through it.
0: Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this to you, Dan, but yesterday was our um, first 20 miler of this training cycle and going into the, you know, the session, we both talked about those two main things. One being... Um, Let's make sure that we plan for our nutrition appropriately. You know, up to this point, um, we haven't been really disciplined about when we will take our gels and when we'll take hydration and things like that. So um, one of the objectives during yesterday's 20-miler was making sure that we had the same gel that we would use on race day to make sure that from a GI perspective, our bodies were able to handle that. And then um, even before the long run, I, I drove the course and dropped some water bottles off at the mile markers uh, where we would anticipate water. Just practicing that nutrition um, you know, aspect of the marathon. It's, that piece is so important. And then during the run, um, we weren't watching our pace or our clocks um, hardly at all. Um, the one thing that we both kind of committed to was we've got to get through this 20-miler. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kept saying that once we put this in the books that um, we we're pretty you know confident that we can get through the marathon distance. So what we'll be focusing on now, essentially between now and the race, will be fine-tuning and um, you know sharpening uh, a little bit. But um, you know those first two things that you mentioned there were top of mind for us yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm that's awesome that's good practice yeah. the other thing you can practice is like we talked about pre-nutrition um if you can try to simulate you know your long run similar time to where you're going to start your race and, and try those various breakfast type uh foods just see to see how it's going to sit on your stomach yeah. so not just the, the stuff during the race but things prior to the race because that could make or break your day i mean you don't want to don't be running and having to stop at the porta potty every mile or two, right? Right. <laughs> so another benefit of the long run um, this is a great opportunity to um, work on. So essentially, we we have we have various places where we can pull energy from. Glycogen is something that's stored in our liver and our muscles, and it's a, a great place to pull from. And essentially, if you practice. Pulling your energy from various places, your body becomes better at storing it. So, your long run, you want to. One of the things that can be a benefit is you're going to deplete your glycogen stores very likely, and that gives you the opportunity to, if if you do post nutrition well and you fill those um, stores back up relatively quickly, your body's going to start to adapt and understand, hey, maybe I need to make these stores bigger. And so over time, during your training cycles, uh, you, you can develop the ability to store more glycogen, which then on race day will allow you to have more energy for longer. Um, so that's that's one of big benefits to depleting that store.
0: So, so talk, I don't want to get you sidetracked on the long run, but one of the things we did talk about post-long run yesterday was you know, how do we refuel the body with the right kind of nutrition um, mm-hmm. a- after the run to minimize any kind of negative impacts of being out there on your body that long? Um, mm-hmm. I- is it just, you know, protein or I- is this another topic altogether? Dan, I don't want to get you thrown off here. It could definitely be a separate
1: topic. Basically, the role of uh, rule of thumb is a four to one carb to protein ratio. You definitely want some protein because you're going to start the, the process of rebuilding muscles that you've broken down to, at the micro level. But you also definitely want to refill with uh, carbohydrates because that's what's going to refill those stores we just talked about that you just depleted. Mm-hmm. I won't go into detail about how much yet. We'll use it as a separate podcast, but... It is it is critically important typically well what I've read is within 30 minutes of your workout to do uh, to re- replenish your body with those types of things so great a great one is chocolate milk mm-hmm. it's got basically that exact four to one ratio it's it tastes good especially at the long run mm-hmm. um, so that's the first step is getting something within 30 minutes and, and chocolate milk is a great option for that and then we'll talk a little bit more about it but there's other, um, steps to the recovery, and then of course I'm going to push anything that has nutrients over, you know, a cheeseburger or something like that. But um, we'll we'll talk more in depth on another podcast, perhaps maybe next week. It'd be a good segue. But that's a really good question, and it's critical in order for this glycogen uh, build up to occur. You have to not only deplete it, but you have to fill it right back up in that in that 30 minute period. Gotcha. Okay, so again, um, similar to the glycogen, this is where you can really focus on fat burning. So we're, our body has various places. We have glycogen. We have what's in our bloodstream. And then we all have uh, unlimited supply, whether you're skinny as all can be. Uh, we all have an unlimited supply of fat. And your body can, your body can use that as energy in low-intensity workouts and, and races But as you train in that zone, the longer you train, um, the better it becomes at using fat as a fuel. And it actually starts to favor it as a fuel if you do it right. Um, And we might have to do a separate podcast to talk about this a little bit because there's things you can do to make it favor fat over other different uh, energies. Um, and, And don't think of it as... You know, I started running. Right now, I'm only burning glycogen, and and next, once that's out, I'm going to start burning fat. Like we talked about before, there's no like lines in the sand where this is where it begins and this is where it where it ends. But um, you're basically going to start as you practice this and do all the right things. Your body's going to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the fat first, which has all kinds of extra benefits to it as well, especially in a long distance race. Um, Let's see, what did I write here? Oh, and then another benefit of long run is, it. you know, a lot of people have said it before, and there's lots of articles, go slow to go fast. The better base you have, the more potential you have uh, to build onto that. So we start with a, a slow base, and, it, and a lot of people think it's boring to, to go slow, uh, but we do easy runs, we do long runs in the beginning, um, and we build that up, and then we start adding things that... Uh, build speed, and basically the better your base, the the more potential for speed later. So those are some of the benefits of the long run. I'm going to talk a little bit now about some of the tips that, that might you might think about when you're doing the long run or planning for it. So I think you alluded to this earlier, Travis, keep the pace right. We want it easy. We want it conversational. It's really, um, you know, a lot of people feel like they want to go faster, uh, just because you're, you're on your feet for so long, but really you're not training all the right aspects of your, of your body. If you do that, if you know, you're, you're going to start burning from the wrong energy system, you're going to, uh, definitely not going to use fat as the primary fuel because you're going to get out of that oxygen burning zone. Uh, you're just not building everything like you should. So keep in the right zone, make sure it's slow, easy, conversational,
0: and that should, uh, that should keep you there. Yeah, and I've never really gotten in trouble when I've stayed at that zone, but what I found, and maybe some of our listeners can relate to this too, if you, um, you know, get out on your long run and you find yourself outside of your zone or going a little bit faster, um, I, you know, at least it's for, you know, this happens to me, I I have a tendency to try to compromise during those runs, like, okay, I went out and I'm running more of a tempo type pace or my race pace. Instead of doing 20 this time, I'll just do 16 or I'll do 18. And that, that could really um, damage your training plan in regards to, um, you know, missing that purposeful long run and what you're trying to, you know, achieve through that. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I think uh,
1: to that point, you know, the the pace is very important, but – and, and you might find in some plans, and even in our plans, um, there are some workouts where there, you can pick it up at periods of time in your long run. Those are specific to certain plans. It's not not everybody should do that. But you know, in case that's confusing to some, there are some long runs where you pick it up for the last ten or fifteen or twenty minutes of the long run, and that's to simulate things like you know, uh, learning to to finish strong after you're exhausted. So. There, there are times for that sort of thing, but generally speaking, your focus when you're doing a long run should be on that easy pace. Um, and I want to stress that really of, of all the workouts in a training plan, really the long run is your priority for longer-distance races. You can do – I mean, what, what I'm saying is if if you can't do a workout, try to prioritize the long the long run uh, to make sure to get that in because really – what we're talking about is running twenty six miles or thirteen miles. And if you got your um let's just say you got your tempo runs in and not your long run, you're gonna do really well for the first, I don't know, five, six miles and then you're gonna you're just gonna lose it and that's you're not gonna, gonna, gonna finish. A, that's
0: gonna be a long race. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a lot of walking
1: probably. Yeah, that's gonna be brutal. Yeah, so it's it's really important that you get the right amount of endurance. And then build in the, the speed if you can. But if, if you can't meet all your workouts, make sure to prioritize the long run. Yeah. Good advice. Um, and we've talked about this before too. Sometimes it's really hard to get in a long run on a, on a, a day. Um, so for example, let's say you had to go and run two hours. Or for you mileage people, you're running, running you know, 16 miles. And you can't do 16 miles in one day. Just, or in, in one block of time just because, you know, things happen, life happens. Uh, but you can do half of that. Let's say you can run one hour in the morning and you can run one hour in the afternoon. That should be fine. Splitting it up like that can simulate similar um, results because essentially what you're doing is you're exhausting your body. Now, there's some things when you do that that won't be as good, so, for example, the nutritional aspect, you're not going to deplete your glycogen. You're not going to train your body to, to favor fat as much. But um, the, the idea that you exhaust your body will be similar even if you split it up. So that's one option. It's better than not doing it at all for sure. Um, a lot of people run with a partner. A lot of people run with a partner for the long run. And that's a really good idea if your partner runs at your same pace. You're not doing any each other any favors if you um, are at different levels. Like I've said this before, I'll never do a long run with Travis. because <laughs> either he'll kill me or I'll make I'll bore him to death. So, you make sure you're you're really well matched. And if you do have somebody that's really well matched, it's a great idea to do that. Just be careful who you choose. Um, and then try not to dread long runs. I mean, think think about you know, what you're doing, uh, and, and how it's going to set you up for success. Um, you know, try to picture you in the race during those long runs. Cause again, it's the closest to the actual race day feel that you'll get. Um, and use it as a chance to just think about things. You know, that's what I do. It can be a little, um, boring, especially if you've got a, a route that, you know, I, I've got one route that it goes out and back, and it's only a, a four-mile loop. Why well, I do that several times, and that gets really boring, especially if you use that same route every week. So use it as a chance to think um, and just try to think about, you know, the, the race itself, the, what you'll see on the sidelines. Um, you know, do that visualization as you're going through
0: it. You know, uh, for Alyssa and I, it's long run this past uh, weekend. We actually, um, you know, you're a run nerd if, if you do this, but we hired a babysitter to come <laughs> over so we could get our long run in. And, you know, for us, that's just, that's like better than date night. But we were, you know, visualize and talk about, you know, race day and prep and um, do all that cool stuff. But we did prioritize that run and, um, you know, did our best to make sure it simulated what we would go through in the race day. Mm-hmm. yep um, next one tip is go by time, not
1: miles. It's really hard for people. Um, you know miles there's just something about miles. we've talked about this before. The benefit of going by time again is so you don't so you don't kill yourself. you know if not everybody is meant to run twenty or twenty two miles before a marathon, I mean it may take some people for plus hours to do that. And at, at some point, you're putting yourself at more risk than than good, essentially. So um, if you go by time and you go three, three and a half hours, and you don't get 20 miles, don't stress about it. I'd rather you do that and then finish the race than get injured a couple, three weeks before the race. So um, just consider that and, and think about the consequences if you don't. Yeah. Um, another tip, this seems pretty... I don't know, simple, but, uh, stay hydrated during, and we can go into to hydration. Um, we haven't covered hydration during a long run or during a race yet, but, um, probably more important than staying hydrated during is starting hydrated. I guess they're both equally important, but if you don't start hydrated, then you're, you're already behind and you really can't catch up, um, during the race. So both important start and stay hydrated. um, one tip I read online, which I hadn't considered, I've, I've done this on long trips in the car, but um, break up, break up your, your run into segments if, if that makes it easier for you. So, you know, if, if you're running by time and you're doing a two-hour run, uh, break it up into 20-minute increments and think about that 20-minute increments. And, you know, instead of running two hours, you're running six 20-minute increments. For some reason, that makes it easier if you're running a, uh, 16 miles, then you're, you know, breaking it up into two-mile increments. So it just might be easier for you to, to break down and, and you know, work towards those small milestones versus thinking I have, you know, 15 miles to go now or 14.
0: Oh, that, that totally works, Dan. Um, we we do that all the time, and there is just something about that mental aspect that you're a quarter of the way done, you're halfway done, but mm-hmm. if you can break it down. Um, and one thing we always say, at least when we're over, you know, halfway done, we're like every step now is one step, you know, closer to being back home. As chill. That's it's, you know, right. Cheesy as that sounds. But, um, you know, part of the battle during the long run is coming up with those metal tricks to help you, um, you know, get through that thing.
1: Absolutely. And those tricks will help you on race day as well.
0: Yeah.
1: If, as, in fact, one of the things on here is, uh, planning your route, if you can find an out-and-back that is pretty, you know, let's say you can get all your long run in and one out-and-back, once you hit that halfway point, I bet you $100 you'll turn around and it'll be so much easier going that second half just because you know when you when you hit home or when you hit the beginning spot, you're, you're golden, you're done, and you can almost, you know, you could see it coming, so, you know, It's important to plan your route regardless because, um, you know, for all kinds of reasons to make sure you're safe, to make sure you're, you know, if it's cold outside, you're near warm spots, that sort of stuff. But um, just just make sure that you plan it so that you set yourself up for success in completing it and potentially that long out-and-back so that you're, you know, you see homecoming and home stretch.
0: The other beautiful thing about a nice out-and-back loop like that is once you get to the halfway point you're committed. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, that's to, true. Yeah, you, know, you have to get back, um, so that improves your likelihood of finishing. Uh, you know, your intended either duration or distance. Um, so, so that always helps. To your point, if you can find something that's nice um, as an out and back. Yeah,
1: in fact, um, you know, especially if you're doing that sort of thing, um, you might run on the slower side. On the way out, so that you aren't totally exhausted. So when you turn around, you're not, um, you know, dying. In fact, I've done this before, where I'm going out in the in the country roads, going on the out part of the out and back, and it's feeling really good, and I'm I'm going a lot faster. It's no effort at all. And you've told me about this too. And then you turn around, and there's this stiff head one. You're like, "Oh man!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't don't uh, you know, do a little planning there, but be careful on the way out. Don't don't kill yourself because just don't forget you have to come back too. That's right. Um, and then this is we talked about this. Just practice your nutrition and hydration during these runs, pre, during, and post, because uh, all three have critical elements. That the pre is testing things out in your body and making sure you're, you're well hydrated um, during so you know what will work won't, or won't work for you in terms of nutrition and hydration and after so that you can fill those glycogen stores and um, you know and, and optimize your body so that on race day you're, you're good to go so those are
0: essentially 10 tips we talked about a lot of things is there any questions you have No, those were great tips, Dan. Um, I I wouldn't add anything to those. Um, Awesome. So
1: we'll put this in the blog format as well, but uh, if if anybody has any long-run tricks or things that have worked for them that we didn't mention, let us know. We'll add it to the blog and um, be a good resource for people.
0: We're doing okay on time. We're right around 30 minutes. Do you want to talk about Nick's question here, Dan?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like we mentioned in the beginning, um, Nick PR'd, and it was, if I understand correctly, um, he, he's doing a 16-week plan, and he's got seven weeks until his his key race, and he did a, a race this weekend, and he already got his PR, which is awesome, but his question's a really good one, and I'm not sure there's a um, an exact answer, but I'll, I'll give you what I think. Um, his question is... So I've already PR'd and I've got seven weeks left. Should I stick to the plan, the, the rest of this plan, or you know, should I do something else? Should I switch it up? So I think there's a, there's a couple there's a couple of thoughts I have. One, 21 minutes. Twenty if you have an, a twenty one minute improvement, that's just awesome. It's unheard and, of. That's yeah, it's awesome. The chances of it getting a lot more improvement than that is pretty slim. So you'll, you'll get some more improvement likely, but probably not another 20 minutes. Let's put it that way. So, um, switching it up is probably not going to give you a whole lot of benefit. That said, if, you know, if he had, if he's doing a 28 a week plan and he had 16 weeks left, he, he could consider something different because he has enough time to sort of start that over. Um, but keep in mind, at least in, in our plans, the last 7 weeks has a lot of uh, a fair amount anyways of of that speed work and so um, my my opinion is just to keep kind of going with that plan because if you start it all over especially with 7 weeks to go you're going to go back into a plan with uh, base work or if you um, tried to skip to the middle of another plan it, it, there's a good chance that it's not ideal for where you're at so I think Nick was already thinking in this direction, but I, if if that were me, or if I was coaching somebody that was asking me that, I'd be telling him just continue, trust the plan. You'll you'll probably get some additional benefits. I wouldn't expect a lot more benefit because you've already cut off a lot. Um, at least not near term. I mean, long term you might be able to get more out of a plan in, in a year or two, but um, I think uh, I think I would just continue on with what you got.
0: Yeah, and Nick, I would take Dan's challenge and follow that plan out for the next seven weeks, and and get another twenty or thirty minutes off of that time, and send us another email. Prove so, me wrong, and yeah. Say take that, Dan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be awesome. That That'd would be, be awesome.
0: Um, so, did you design every one of the RunFit three hundred and sixty-five plans so that you know people would PR like seven weeks before those things were finished? Is that what you did? I didn't design it that way, but you know, it's funny.
1: Um, just just following some structure and and doing things um, in a you know a lot of people go out there and just run fast in the the beginning of their plans that'll get you some benefit but I'll tell you just getting a really good aerobic base doing some hill work which is all of a lot of what he's probably done and maybe some um, some tempo that can do a ton for you and you haven't even gotten the icing on the cake so. It would not surprise me if a lot of people um, got
0: PRs in the middle of their of their plans. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dan, you've been busy on the website too. Um, you know, you've got the what to eat before you run. That was one of our uh, previous podcasts. You've got a really nice blog entry out there now on runfit365.com, and I believe it was yesterday or a couple of days ago you posted the 25 safety tips for runners. Um, which is very nicely done. Um, Outlines, you know, perfectly what we talked about on the podcast. Um, anything else from a RunFit 365 perspective that we need to share or update on? I don't think there's anything
1: to update on. There's there's plenty more we're gonna do. Um, I just don't wanna say what, what it is until it's done because that way we, we uh, don't we, we can overpromise and or under. Under promise over deliver. There you go.
0: That's it. I love it. Um, You know, the PR challenge is still out there and, um, you know, tell your friends about the free training plans for sure. We You know, we want to get as many people using Dan's plans as possible um, and see how many PRs we can get in 2015. So, Dan, thanks for the tips on the long run um, and the advice for Nick in regards to how to adjust your plan. Um, maybe when you're ahead of schedule or you're PRing before your plan's even over. So um, thanks, Dan, and until next time, unless you have something else. Nope. Are you good? I'm good. All right, I'm going to say it then. Do it. Happy training.